Every time. I thought you were going to get through it without hurting yourself before we start recording. <laughs> Any of the rubber bands come off? No, but the cords. Dangling. <laughs> All right, welcome to Mountaineer Kingdom. Do talk. Real men, manly talk. I didn't break on that one. Good job with yeah, all the nonsense really going on behind you. Yeah, around me. We have a, a guest today. Not Joshy 2.0. Oh, yeah. That's it's Josh, Josh 2.0. Just throwing that out there. New yeah. and improved. Okay, the better one. He'll be replacing me next week with that silky Thank voice. Goodness. It really is uncanny how much you guys look alike. It's, it's incredible, man. As long as I'm funnier, I don't care. I'm going to do a quick uh, back and forth shot so the audience can see what we're talking about. Oh and then my! Do a side by side. Can Camera you blend one? Them? Oh, I'll blend. Can, blend. can we blend do a blend? In? That'll yeah. be good. Camera one. Camera, Camera two. two. <laughs> this is your fault. You accepted the invitation. <laughs> I suppose there's worse people I could be compared to. I know. I think that's a good Ooh, wow, that was quite a compliment. That was. A, I'll take it. It wasn't exactly a compliment. Well, too late. I took it. It, it was just a, wasn't it was exactly a, it was an a non-compliment. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, we'll see. Remember, I still owe Andy and Jared for the cookout. I haven't forgot about the snakes. Oh. <laughs> You'll make the list. <laughs> Mason right. helped out with that. We're too. going to, I want to do a quick caveat. We're, good, we're going to have a, should be a very interesting conversation. I've recently watched the movie American Gospel, and it is a documentary on um, TV evangelists. Now, some of them, several of them are from many years ago um some are still active and it and eric and i'll have you tell us a little bit about the film and what sprung this on kind of got this conversation rolling here so we're going to have him on the podcast and we're going to just jump into it thoughts feelings and concerns on tv ministers where are we getting our word where are we getting our um inspiration from so tell us a little bit about the movie it's a documentary that we first watched at my last church. Um, I think it came out in like 2019 or something like that. But it mainly focuses the, the premise of the American Gospel title is about how a lot of preachers and mega churches today are kind of distorting the gospel message um, to make it more appealing to people. Um, and, and this kind of growth of this word of faith movement um, you know, name it and claim it doctrine, uh, where if you're not wealthy or healthy, it's because you don't have enough faith. Uh, it's it's faith, faith plus works, faith, faith plus these other things mm-hmm. that equal salvation in, instead of, you know, in Christ alone, in, you know, your faith alone is where you find your salvation. So it's pretty interesting. I wouldn't say that, you know, there are some things in there that um, I question myself, but I'd say a large part of it you know 98 percent of it um is is really good thought-provoking material um that's good for us to consider if the sources of our truth uh some of these popular preachers that we may listen to um you know fall into that category or if they're if they're preaching the right message if it's you know the Mm -hmm. gospel message i um excuse me i when i first got saved uh was uh 15 and a lot of these people or t- uh, guys on TV, women on TV that I listen to today, I don't know if I would. But during that time, I i mean, I listened to. I don't think my TV left TBN. I mean, it just stayed on there. I was trying to get as much education and much of the, uh, the gospel that I could. Um, just because I was so new to the faith. I was still that sponge that I think we should all try to remain and get as much of the word as we can. And looking back on it, or, or even watching an old sermon now, I kind of am like, mm, now I need to go verify it. And I need to, to test that, test the spirit. Um, we are going to talk about some specific ministers. We're going to talk about Arab concepts in general. But I think this is a conversation that merits merits to happen. And I'm not, my goal, the goal is to come at this with a place of love and understanding. Just talk it out. Uh, I don't want to bash. I don't want it to be a bash fest or or to harm anyone's ministry if it comes across that way. But I just want to have the conversation and bring it back to Christ. Um, so, in general, what are your thoughts on TV evangelists? And anybody can jump in with that. Ooh. Okay. You want to raise your hand, Andy? Thanks, Josh. 
Uh, I think there's a place for them. Generally speaking, it's it's a way to get the message of Christ out there. Uh, how that message is used, once it, it's almost like televangelists can be that initial hook that goes in the water to kind of get the first bite. Um, and then once you start digging in, that's when you start asking questions. Like it's it's an introduction to Christianity almost if it's done the right way and if it's the right people. I, I've had conversations in the past certain people I'm thinking like Joel Osteen his if you listen to any of his stuff it's very vanilla very bland it's happy feel good story hour stuff and it doesn't really tie back to scripture a whole lot of times however everybody sitting in that audience has Bible sitting on their lap so there's at least some connection to the Bible in some capacity and there's a part I think I agree I've used him as an example before And what you said, he's very watered down, very vanilla, is what you, what you said? Vanilla. Yeah. But vanilla is delicious. So, so I just want to preface this. We need to be careful of t- speaking against someone's ministry mm-hmm. because we're not their Holy Spirit. We're not God. We have no idea what their calling is in their life. So all we can do is say what we feel, what we observe. <clears throat> so as far as Joel Osteen goes, what I would say about him is I, th- I believe he's got a purpose in the sense of, and I've said this before to you guys. He's usually on late night, you know, midnight, a lot of those mm-hmm. pre or pre-recorded stuff. So there's there's people sitting in their living room that are really battling things in life. Suicidal thoughts, drug addiction, alcohol, something like that. And then they're flipping through the channel or something. And I'm just, this is com- completely just speculation, right? They flip across and they find Joel Osteen. And all his simple words are, God loves you, with his Texas, you know, accent. And doesn't blink. And doesn't blink. And the smell. Listen, now, now we're getting nitpicky. <laughs> <laughs> or, or should I say nitpicky? <laughs> it, it creeps me out when people yeah, don't blink. But like what that. I'm saying is sometimes people in that in that situation in our life, all they need is that one little yeah. nugget yeah. to feel like, you know what, I do have some worth. Now, can they grow off that? Just God loves you? Not for very long. I think they have to, like you said, there's Bibles in their laps so they have to start feeding themselves because he is a little bit watered down. Now, I've heard that some of his other, like his real services, he has multiple services in a week. They do get some deeper stuff. But my point being is if we just sit here and pick on certain things that we see, we might be taking away the overall of what ministries are actually doing behind the scenes. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So now, we need to be careful of that. I think that, so Josh and I had this conversation yesterday uh, where he was kind of making the same point that um, you know maybe somebody needs that message and I think that that's a valid point um, if his name was Joel Olstein life coach I think that when you assume the title pastor that it puts a level of burden and responsibility on you to preach the gospel message in its entirety uh, and I don't I don't feel like and with that particular preacher that that's the case. If you can't speak the hard truths of the Bible, then you don't have any business being behind the pulpit. And I, I think that not. I think that there's a conversation about unity versus truth, and you know what what is the priority there? And I, I think it's a healthy balance of both because if we're unified, but it's unification not based on truth of the gospel, then what are you unifying in? But if we're, you know, there's going to be different aspects of the Bible that not all of us agree on. And that doesn't necessarily mean that all of us are missing the gospel message. There's just some things that we won't know until, you know, we're with God. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Uh, So I I think that that is an important distinction there. There's several verses that talk about the ownership and responsibility that are specifically put on pastors that are leading the flock and um, we're held to a higher standard and and preaching truth. And there are several times I think Paul calls out six different people by name uh, in the New Testament that fell away from faith, and he calls them out by name that mm-hmm. they're no longer out there preaching the truth. So I think that this stuff, while if you mention a name that somebody is a fan of, it's not necessarily to tear down that ministry. It's to point out the errors in their way. You continue to pray for those people. You approach it with love and humility. You point out the truth, mm-hmm. and then people have to have that discernment and accountability for themselves to go, well, is this... I, ultimately, it all comes back to what is our point of truth, and I think the whole benefit of this discussion 
is to make sure that we're not relying on any one pastor or TV evangelist, you know, even in our local church yes. or, or leader for our, our source of truth. That should that be the main takeaway. Exactly. Not, not to tear down anybody, but to actually say, you've got to go back and fact check it yourself. And you're going to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you. You know, you can have these pastors that when you first came up in the Lord, you have all, you, you might listen to a lot of different people, mm-hmm. read a lot of different books. That's all good to get stuff started in you. But then you can't rely on that person to be your savior because God is your savior. You know, these people have written books that should be Holy Spirit guided as they're writing them. Some aren't. Right. I mean, you can you can find that there's biblical untruths that some some are saying. Yeah. So I have a question. Good. So if we're talking about this concept of truth, which that's a conversation in and of itself. But we've seen how some some people have been cast aside. Like I'm thinking about music ministries because of their theological beliefs. But some of the stuff that they put out there is based in truth. Truth is truth, regardless of where it comes from. And if it reflects the, the story of the gospel, that's hilarious. If it reflects, reflects the story of the gospel, it's truth regardless of the mouth it comes from. And I just kind of wanted to ask a question regarding that. Does the, the vessel that the message comes out of invalidate the truth? Hmm. So God's word will not return void. Right. Once the the gospel or whatever that word is, it has life to it. Right. It's a creation. Um, <clears throat> I think this is going to be a matter of opinion. Mine, for example, and we all know my feelings. I think of, I'm going to beat a dead horse here for the song "Reckless Love." That's not a characteristic of God. I I, I get the play on words. I get the. No, I don't. I don't get it. I don't understand why (laughs) we have to describe God in a way. So therefore, I can't. I cannot hear that song and be like, okay, this is is a great song to worship to when it's mischaracterizing God. Um, I personally have a hard time listening to a lot of that, his stuff, because when, no, you're not a, a pastor or a preacher, but you are leading people into worship. Right, you are guiding them into into the presence of God, and that that's holy. That that's a responsibility on you. So when you mischaracterize stuff like that, I have issues with it. And um, I, it's either Hillsong or Bethel was enc- encouraging people to write songs about someone they love or a boyfriend or a girlfriend, and when it comes into the studio, they can change the words to mean Christ. No, that's yeah, not that's about not Christ. Then that's not the intent. So. Go back to the Old Testament. Yeah. If you, you think about how they go, went into the temple to worship, they literally used to put ropes around <laughs> to, pull, yeah. to pull them out when they died, when they did something incorrectly. Mm-hmm. So Was it nit, was it nitpicking when the flag was on the set of The, show, uh, the Chosen? To me, we're telling yeah. the story of Christ. It needs to be above reproach. Yeah, that's not nitpicking. Um, if it was any other story... I could, I could, Whatever. We, it can be a different conversation, but when we're talking about Christ and everything mm-hmm. he did and that the ultimate sacrifice of love, that's the standard and it, and nothing should blemish it in my opinion. My answer to that brings me to that. And I forget the guy's name. He, he was real thick accent, old guy, Robbie Zacharias, Robbie Zacharias. Yeah. That's, that's exactly who, I was, who it is. That was one of the dudes I was thinking about. So poor Robbie. He fell into some major, major sin later on in his life. Maybe it was going on all of his life, for all we know. I don't know. But some of his message that he brought forth, man, so was good. was God-inspired, Holy Spirit, biblical truths. Mm-hmm. So, does one man's sin negate all that he had done previously? I don't think so. Does one man's sin prevent him from continuing on? Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah, so if he was still alive, of course. If all this was found out, should he still have a ministerial platform? Probably not. But my concern with him, he, so th- that right there takes it down a financial rabbit hole that we can mm-hmm. explore. But with Ravi Zacharias, most all of his stuff was grounded in truth. And because of sin, now all of that truth is unavailable. So it's almost like... The enemy used his sin as a way to get rid of the truth uh-huh. because of our human understanding of how we're supposed to respond to something like that. Right. 
it makes people automatically say, oh, Robbie said that. I don't, I'm not going to believe that. But you brought up another point there that we can head down the financial rabbit hole because his truth was his source of financial gain. Him, him not his truth. Him putting the truth on display was the way that he made his living. And that's how a lot of these televangelists are working. And I think we can head down that that hole if we're ready for it. Well, I just want yeah, to say something real quick. On the, I think that, like in that example that you bring up, I think what's important for us to do as Christians and not Christ is to judge someone's words and teachings and actions according to Scripture. Mm-hmm. But it is not our job to judge their heart in the matter. So those messages that he put out, uh, if that was gospel truth message and good came from that, you know, we don't have anything to speak against that. Those messages were were gospel truth. Mm-hmm. If his heart, because of this sin matter, uh, was elsewhere or had other motivations or was not loving God, centered on God, centered on Christ, that's it's something that he's answered for mm-hmm. in front of in front of Christ. Yeah. It and I, I think that um, that kind of goes to the the Matthew. Uh, verse where it talks about Jesus says that there's many of you that will come before me and say, well, did I not prophesy in your name? Did I not do all these good things for you in your name? And he says, depart from me. I never knew you. And that mm-hmm. comes down to, I think that heart matter did, was he, you know, we, we won't know that. I can't tell you if you're saved or if you're saved for, that's between you and Christ mm-hmm. to determine. Yeah. So, but I think it's important for us to look at the products of their mouth, the products of their teaching. What's their fruits? Right, exactly. And well, and point I, again, out there. what's their fruits? That's that's not for us to. Okay, let me rephrase. They're, if their ministry is growing, that would be a fruit of their of their ministry, right? Mm-hmm. So Ravi Zacharias, let's let's pretend, and I don't know this guy personally. No, none of us do. Let's pretend he really did have a good, solid life while he was preaching and delivering these these gospel truths. But he's human, like all of us. So we all have the opportunity to fall. Mm-hmm. So can we negate a guy's God-loving, God-fearing, gospel truth-preaching life for, say, 35 years, and then he succumbs to sin, found out, you know what I mean? Are we? That's not our job to say all that stuff was invalid now. And that's what Andy's saying. Like, yeah. As humans, we, we see that happen, and we're like, all of a sudden, that takes some... Uh, that takes some validity out of his word because he lived this life and we see it now. You know what I mean? So I think well, about, and who are we to grub who are we to judge the degree of sin? Right. Oh, that's okay. What I'm Have thinking. you ever lost your, you lost your temper and yelled at your kids, or your wife, that's exactly or what I'm saying. made a fool of yourself. Uh, now every, every day we, again, we're going to go back to the box. We'll have to do, have him draw. I'll that's draw a short. I'll, I'll draw pictures. Um, <laughs> you know, we're looking at sin with degrees. It, it different in degrees. There are in comparison, degrees level. you can degrees. have an abortion and murder someone, which we've talked about, and that's, you know, you've ended a life, so, but that sin separated you from the Holy Spirit. You can go out here, rant, rave, and cuss, and make a fool of yourself. And that separate. sin is separating you from the Holy Spirit. Yep. Sin is sin. Anything that separates you from the Holy Spirit needs to be removed. So if we're Again, we're not to judge the heart. We're supposed to test spirit, test the spirit, and, um, and and discern and evaluate it for ourselves through the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Um, but I don't know, man. That's a. But there are, again, when it comes to assuming the title of pastor, there are verses that have qualifications for what a pastor should be mm-hmm. and should not be involved. Do in. you have them? Those are one of the ones I did. I just remember reading no, yesterday it when I was re- researching for it. Uh, I can Google it and find it for you by the end. But there's there's specific verses in there that I read yesterday that said, you know, um, I, I believe it called under shepherds should not be in sexual immorality and drunkenness. And uh, I'll find the verse for you. But well, there's second oh, yeah, I mean, chapter qualifications. No, no First doubt, Timothy no chapter doubt. three tells you how to be a good man and you know be above reproach, be respectable. <laughs> Don't be a drunkard or have no addictions is what that's really saying. There's qualifications yeah. for deacons. and all, all, I yeah. mean, there's everything you're doing for the Lord, there's qualifications on a standard, and it's a godly standard. No, no one's questioning that. I think the question that Andy brought up is, uh, does, it, does, it lose, does it lose the message if they had a good message for years and years? Is their message lost 
if they if they start viewing things differently away from the Lord. I don't think it hurts or, or it would damage anything that's already been spoken. It truth is truth. I agree. So um, I think going forward, you need to be more cautious. Absolutely. So we are looking at this through the lens of this hyper judgmental. There is one solid answer thing, and we're removing the human condition from this conversation. Humans are fundamentally flawed, and every single one of us fails. Now, within the church that I grew up in, super judgmental. If you sin, then you're a bad person. And that's not what what we're told as Christians. If we sin, we're told we're forgiven, especially if we pursue reconciliation and uh, if we confess those sins and if we continue to have that relationship with Christ. Mm -hmm. If we were to hold all people that we base our theological understanding of things off of to that same standard, if you look at the historical implications of dudes like um, Martin Luther, that's a guy we were talking about earlier, sure, he led the Reformation because he was calling out what the Catholic Church was doing as a whole during that time period. But Martin Luther was not perfect at the time. And if you look at some of his theological basis, we would be like, dude, really? That's what you stand for? Because as it compares to our modern interpretation of Scripture and theology, you'd be like, this guy was way off the mark. But at the time and place, the church... If you look at the way that it's progressed over time, a linear time path, we are progressively becoming more Christ-like as time goes on. It's it, it, it's because the church is composed of people. And what you see is the reflection of the church and society at large. Look at how war has decreased over the generations. We, we are seeing the influence over time. So we have this, at this time, we have an ability to see things through a different filter than what other people looked at. And we have, because of our human condition, we're so quick to judge others whenever they've fallen. That's mm -hmm. the humanity that we have. Right. So taking that whole circle big concept and bringing it back to televangelists today, because we have such a narrow perspective of what, what we believe is right, we're so quick to judge them and we miss the 90% of good that they're doing for their 10% failure. Well, that's a good segue into the televangelist. It, and are we, are we so focused on what their sin is that we're ignoring ours? I'm not going back to the needle in the ignoring camel. Ignoring ours? Yeah, yeah. So are, what are, what are you it's doing? It's tough to stab a cam camel in the eye with a needle. It, it's tough. <laughs> <laughs> but He go, didn't watch that yet. He doesn't watch every episode. Go back a couple episodes. You'll get that audience. <laughs> we butchered this. Dude, that's it. And, that, yeah. that, that's the point right there. We are hyper-focused on other people's sin that we're missing the greater beauty of the gospel message. So how did we Flow bring it? into the next question. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the, the last thought that came to mind was, are they living in sin in this example, or is it a something that they're working with? Because even Paul said we, he had a thorn in his side that he struggled with daily. I think if we're, we're going to go along with the televangelist, that some people may think, I don't agree with this. They make too much money. They're asking all this, blah, blah, blah. I think that could be because they're human, something that holds them up. Some might recognize it. Mm -hmm. Some might not. Uh, but that's that's an internal battle that they have to have with themselves and the Lord. Yeah. But the 90%, uh, you know, that iceberg analogy. Yep. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I, I tried to not speak against people's ministries. Because there's probably more good coming out of it than some of the media backlash, and we know about the media mm -hmm. will portray people to be. Well, so. uh, I'll ask. We'll start it this way. I'll ask one: Is there someone on TV or social media or any, however, streaming device that you do enjoy? Like I, Mark Driscoll, love that guy. I love his, his sermons and his messages. He's never came across as if you donate here and you know that sort of thing. I. He's never been one of those, but I feel led to give. I'm like, I love his approach. I love what this ministry is doing. It's empowering men. Um, and, and going back to the original roots of what why we did this, it was to have conversations as men and, and hopefully encourage and share the gospel as best we can. Um, and then there's some, I mean, we'll focus on the ones we, we someone you do like. So I'm a, I'm a Driscoll fan. Creflo, Tony Evans. Tony. Jensen. Yeah. Jensen Franklin. Yeah. Uh, Joseph Prince. He took yours, so. No, I, I actually really enjoyed a lot of Joseph Prince stuff, but 
I got hung up on one piece and I disassociated myself with following it because of that one misinterpretation. So I'm looking in the mirror as we're having this conversation. I like Mark Driscoll, but his ministry's also been tainted for one reason or another. Um, I like I like historical guys too, man. C.S. Lewis, A.W. Tozer. Mm-hmm. A.W. Tozer can spit some Bible, man. We all know who Jared likes. Who does Jared like? I forget his name actually. Uh, Perry Sam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you um, like the picture I mailed that? Uh, yes, mailed it. I made one day. I <laughs> mailed it. Is this how we make pictures? Josh? Yes. <laughs> I think one. He was like on his shoulder. <laughs> it was great. Who do you listen to? I look. I one of my uh, favorite. Pre- if I'm going to listen to anything outside of what what we're doing, I, I like listening to Matt Chandler out of Texas. Oh, yeah. uh, he was featured in that documentary as well. JD Greer. Um, we do Kyle Eidemann. Mm-hmm. I know Nicole does a lot of Bible studies that, that he's done with the kids and stuff for school and everything. Um, yeah, I, I don't think, though, that based on what we were talking about, um, at least when I watch, because we started with that film, when I watch that film, it's not necessarily about televangelists. Mm-hmm. It's preachers and their message and the message that's being taught in churches today. What happens with money that's given to ministries, I think, is the ownership of that ministry. So this isn't to say that people shouldn't give money to this ministry or that ministry or to speak against a ministry. Uh, My issue comes when preachers are preaching a message that is not gospel-centered. It's on the message. Uh, If I pray and feel led to give to this ministry or that ministry, what happens to that money is the ownership of that ministry. Right. They're the ones that have to be accountable for how they spend that money and mm-hmm. what they do with it. If my heart is in the right place and giving to that, I'm not in the wrong for giving to that ministry because I feel led and I was told it was going to these funds or whatever. Um, you know, their their wealth and, and what they do with that money, I feel like they will have to be accountable to God for that. If there's documents or paperwork that comes out that shows that it's being misused or something, then, yeah, that would sway mm-hmm. my decision to further give to that ministry. But my and issue— wisdom. And that's wisdom. Right, exactly. I think in, in all this, though, you know, if if our pastor started preaching messages that counteracted what I read in the gospel, you know, I, I would have the same, same response sure. that, you know, calling it out in biblical fashion and to drive accountability and, and awareness to—, to to others mm-hmm. I'm, I want to ask a question about that what oh sorry thank you <laughs> when we look at the church through the lens of American perspective we think in terms of let's collect money so that we can pay for the bills for a large facility for a place that people can come together and provide services for their kids and ministry and all that jazz but that's the way we think about it we need money to be able to render services to the public and I would argue that the first century church did not have that same perspective of finances. So what are we asking money for and what are we utilizing it for? If it's to pay the bills for a million dollar facility, is that being utilized the right way? Well, I, don't, I don't know that that's true because, I mean, Jesus and his ministry, I mean, they, they took collections and offerings to be used for the ministry so they could go and, and reach people, right? I mean, the was it? I'm gonna get the name wrong. The guy turned to dust because he didn't he didn't give up everything. Oh, salt. Uh, you know we talked about him last week, a couple weeks ago. Husband oh. and wife team, right? Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. And and I. And and I, I, I yeah. I mean, they were collecting yeah. offerings for to be used for the ministry. So uh, I mean, it it takes resources to be able to to reach and 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 spread that message. So asking for the money is not is not an issue and. I think money, you know, and the tithing mm-hmm. is a big heart issue because money tends to be a little god that people yeah, hold well, on to and cling. And the, there's there's a difference between tithing and offering. Tithing is is a command for us basically to give a tenth. And I was just reading Malachi, and the subheading of Malachi three, robbing God, verse seven starts, and the Lord is saying, uh, "Return to me, and I'll return to you." You ask, how can we return? Lord says, will a man rob God, yet you're robbing me? Well, how do we rob you? By not making payments of the tenth of your contributions. You are suffering under a curse, yet you, the whole nation, are still robbing me. Bring the full tenth into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. Test me in this way. And I said this before the podcast started. It's the only place where God says, test me. 
See if I want to open the floodgate, floodgates of heaven and pour out a blessing for without measure. And some versions say, you will not have room enough to store all the, all the blessings. Then he goes on to say, I will rebuke the devourer. That's my favorite part of it. Sometimes we don't even know we're under attack. Mm-hmm. But when you're tithing and you're giving according to the word of God and with a, with a giving heart, not because I have to, but you're giving because you want to, God's going to rebuke the devourer for your sake. So tithing is what we're supposed to be doing. That helps the church run. You know, a lot of people think that our tithe goes to uh, the church pavilion or to missions. or We have to designate our offering to missions. You know what I mean? And some people say, I tithe my time. That's that's not a tithe. That's not a tithe. That's not a tithe. So you tithe your 10% to the church as a, as a whole. That pays for salary. That pays for electricity. It pays for sewer. That pays for the mortgage on the building if there is one. That's what all that does. And then after that, they can designate to push money into different ministries if there's you know leftover. And our church does a great job. I'm, I'm on the board. I see this money coming in, money going out. You know what I mean? And so that's... That's where people need to to realize your your tithe is is a is a given, and then your offering is anything extra, and that's where you designate to to mission, the building fund, Chi Alpha, youth ministry, whatever you mm-hmm. want to. Does that make sense? So if you're giving, well, like you said, if you're giving because that's what I feel led to do, if someone mismanages your money, that's not your fault. You're giving for the right reason. You'll be blessed from it. The other person mismanaging. The money. Why well, is the answer to that at yeah. some point? But how do we? So the ones that leave a bad taste are like, man, eh, see those Christians on TV wanting money again, flying around in jets and, and and doing all this stuff. When does it get to the point that it's like, okay, we need to, we at least need to have the. I'm not saying call them out to an extent. It may get to that point, but we need to have that conversation. Are we? Or do we have people on? Obviously, we have people out there spreading it, but is it? Are we creating false converts? Is it we're just giving? You donate, you know. It's not just faith; it's faith plus your giving. No, faith, it's it. Christ did all the work. There's nothing we can do other than have faith that and believe that He died for our sins, that gets us extra saved. Or it, it's it, again, it's not faith plus works. It's just faith. Uh-huh. And how do we? But faith without works is dead. Right. But. Uh, the what types of works are we looking for here? The works being the fruit, not so much financial applications, but what is the fruit of your labor? Well, the, the works is also like what are you willing to do for the Lord? I mean, what what are you putting into it? You know, Deuteronomy uh, clearly says we've been given the ability to create wealth. Well, just because we've been given the ability doesn't mean that hundred dollar bill is going to grow in our pocket. We got to go out and do works. We have to actually get off our butt and do something. So, when we have faith without works if we're believing for a healthier body okay we can believe for health in our body but are you still going out there and eating a whole bag of doritos that's not good works you got to change your habits does that make sense mm-hmm. it's what are you doing with what you're believing in for? Uh, it's a heart condition too where what's the motivation am i doing this because i want to get rich or am i doing this out of faith right yeah anything you want to add are you asking is when is enough enough yes i, I don't know we start i started to say this and then we said let's hit record I don't know how you can put a a ceiling on things like a tally mark. Like, yeah. oh, here's dick, 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 and here's Again, the line. And it's and not for the sake of wealth. It's for. I shared this story in Sunday school class. My grandma was on a fixed income when she was in her eighties, and she budgeted for her and Papa split the bills. They had different bank accounts different bedrooms she said that's the success that's the reason they stayed married so long <laughs> and uh but she would budget that's not good teaching for pro wrestling negative it, no he she but she loved pro wrestling and she that's, oh, that's where it comes from. oh yeah mammal 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 she got every, both pay-per-views from both companies back in the days oh, yeah. and she gave to tv evangelists and that's what she felt led to do and i can be like Okay, this guy's. You can tell he's just. In order to be blessed, you gotta sow. No, I, I don't need. I don't have to sow just to be blessed. God can bless me because He wants to, and He's a good Father. I do believe that I have to have some skin in the game in that. But if there's a blessing coming your way and you're following His commandments and you're His word, there, I don't have to sow to be blessed. I think we can. I agree. 
Um, if and he's that needs to be words, led by the Spirit. If he's saying the words, so, so you will be blessed, that's wrong. That's where I draw, I have issues. So, with. and you will be blessed, completely correct. Mm-hmm. But so, to be blessed, so, and you can be blessed, very close, but you have to watch those things, yeah. So, I want to bring up the, the reason that I stopped listening to Joseph Prince. And I was a diehard follower because he helped me open up to the concept of the Holy Spirit. I grew up in a super conservative way of doing church. And uh, when I started listening to Joseph Prince, I started to grasp the concept of the Holy Spirit a little more. So there was one message, and he's known as a prosperity doctrine guy. Um, but there was one message, First John four seventeen, and he based an entire sermon off this one verse. By this love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in this world. Now, if you read that in context, it's talking about how when we're covered in sin, and on the judgment day of Christ, or on the judgment day, Christ will literally replace us. But in his message that was an hour long, he goes down the rabbit hole of, well, are you sick? Is Christ sick? Well, then you're not sick. Are is Christ not rich? Well, then you're you need to be rich type of thing. So he was using this verse and taking it grossly out of context for the purpose of glorifying our very corporal needs in this world and took this beautiful verse out of context from what Christ does for us and replaced it with something that is very this earthly. And that rubbed me the wrong way because he distorted that for the purpose of saying, Jesus is here to give you life, liberty, freedom, and everything that you want in this world. And that is not what this section of scripture is talking about. So when did that catch on? Because I grew up with, it's not, Christian life isn't the easiest life. It's, um, it's, it's going to have its up and ups and downs and you're going, there's going to be struggles. You're going to be persecuted. And it seems lately it's Christ. It's gonna if as long as you have Christ, it's a smooth it's a smooth road. There's no bumps. Like when did that when did that come about? It's that McCamey song that you love, uh, God of the Mountain. Yeah, great song. You ever read Fox's Book of Martyrs? No, and you keep telling me to, and I never never get around. If to you it. read that book, you realize that if you believe in Christ, your life is not guaranteed to be. This Tell me again how Joseph said those words. How did he construe it? He so if you read in context, so about God is love. He's well, the the word that he really latched onto was the second half of it. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. And if you look at the the leading verses into that, starting I think it's thirteen or time frame, or even before that, he's well even sixteen, the latter part of sixteen. God is love, and the one who remains in love remains in God, and God remains in him. So it's talking about knowing God through love is the context of the whole subchapter. Subchapter. So how did he use 17? He was using it in the context of, if if you read a couple verses front and back, and I read the whole verse because when I was listening to that, it like I just had that heebie-jeebie feeling because the whole thing just didn't, it didn't click. Um, but he was using it to say that, is Christ sick? Then you are not sick. Is Christ poor? Then you are not poor. And it was very much correlated to a corporal sense in the prosperity doctrine of, you are supposed to be healthy, wealthy, and have no problems type of concept. Okay. Now, if I heard that, if I heard it the way that you heard it, I would definitely be like, okay, that that sounds weird. Is if is God? How, how do we know that Jesus was rich? I mean, he was just rich in blessings and rich in, in favor from the Lord. You know what I mean? From God, he had he was rich in and and he was he was Jesus. Mm-hmm. But as Christians, we are called to be Christ like, and so. The way that I read this and how I, I, I don't even know if I would, and that's that's just you when you're listening to it, that's what your yeah. heart felt, but especially him being a prosperity message preacher, which I'm not against the prosperity message necessarily. I think some take it too far mm-hmm. because we are actually called to have a life and a life more, more abundantly. And what does abundant mean? Mm-hmm. Overflowing, you know, just full of life, full of health. So. As I read this, 17 says, In this, love is made complete with us, so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in this world. Now, there are a lot of people out there that love the Lord and are Christians, serving the Lord. They still get sick. That's because we live in a world of sin. Yep. 
But just because we live in a world of sin and we could get sick doesn't mean we have to go around and say, I'm sick, I'm sick. We need to retrain our mindset is how I'm taking it by saying, no, I, I'm a child of God. I am going to be like Christ. I'm going to have a life abundant. I'm healed because I am. God is through me. You know what I mean? So how you took it, if that's really how you meant it, I totally agree with you. That's that's a heart check. If if God is rich, then I should be rich. No, just because. And that's another thing people don't like about Christians when they say, you get, you got a new car? Oh, yeah, I'm blessed. Wait a minute. I'm not blessed because I didn't get a new car. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Blessings come in many shapes and forms. So to be blessed just for me, I'm, I'm alive. I'm blessed. First-hand account of what you just said. Um, you guys around this table know me well enough. People ask me all the time, how are you still as goofy as you've always been? How are you still smiling the way you always do? How do you keep you? It's, it's that right there. I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. I've, I've got God in my life. Joy, joy of the Lord. Uh, yet, do I not feel good some days? Absolutely. Do uh, funny things happen to me now that I can't walk? <laughs> Absolutely. So I'm uh, thinking of the video you said. I know. That's Did what you I'm see it? Uh-uh. I'm derailing. <laughs> Please hit that. I'll send video. it to you. <laughs> but, that, but that's to tie into what you were saying. Uh, yeah. It, am I in perfect health right now? No. Would some people be like, oh, and I've had people tell me this. Well, what sins in your life? Uh, oh, my. So, uh, pe- can, so well, Chris, Christian people right. have looked uh, at me and said that. that He's got something here. No, I was just going to say, when you said I, I believe in the prosperity gospel, I, th- I think that it's important to distinguish terms because when – like in that film and what I think of and what's defined as the word of faith movement or prosperity gospel is not saying it's not in the means that, that you explained it. What it's referring to is exactly what he just said. And kind of this teaching, it kind of stems from this notion that when God created man, he created Adam and Eve in literal likeness of himself. And so we are, it's little God doctrine where we have the power to basically manipulate the faith force to uh, manifest wealth and prosperity, and that if you have enough faith, you will be healed. If you have enough faith, you will have wealth, and that is not what the gospel teaches. Some of the some of the greatest uh, disciples and teachers in the Bible suffered terribly. Right? Paul mm-hmm. was oppressed. Paul spent his Jesus time. Jesus was hung on a cross. Yeah, I mean. Look at how many of the disciples died a terrible death, right? God's plan for uh, Stephen was to be stoned to death, right? But out of that, God used things for his good, and we got Paul and all that. So there's a woman in that film that has a testimony where uh, her husband was a Marine, an atheist, and she didn't believe in God, and she was healthy and fitness, big CrossFit person, um, had all this success and then started having all these terrible health conditions just one after the other and hooked all these machines and dialysis and on her deathbed and all this stuff. But through that, it's really worth a watch because uh, her, her faith is incredible to see. Um, through all these health issues that she's had and having having children and stuff, her faith remained strong in Jesus and she believes that he has the power to heal her. He pray, She prays for healing but believes that even if he doesn't, she's still going to testify to the to the goodness of God, yeah. and I think yeah. that is uh, what's important. So when we when I refer to certain preachers that I wouldn't listen to or that I think are out there teaching an Americanized version of the mm-hmm. gospel, uh, and refer to it as word of faith or prosperity, that's specifically the notion and and doctrine that that I'm referring to. I hundred percent. If that's all they're hanging on, if you're not rich, you're not blessed. Kind of message. If you're not given. You're not going to be rich kind of message. That's absolutely incorrect. And I think that that's why this conversation is important because Second uh, Timothy in chapter 4, verse 3 and 4, it says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from truth and be turned aside to fables. And I think that when we talk about the modern church today, truth is so much harder to actually discuss. People, if you disagree, it's just automatically because you hate them. And so I think that what we what we have to drive accountability for and the purpose of talking about this is not to destroy someone's ministry, but to guard people against going out and seeking refuge with these preachers that are tickling your ears and telling you things, telling you the easy stuff and avoiding the hard truths of the Bible. And we end up with pastors out there saying abortion's okay and sexual immorality is okay and you know, these sort of things, you know, in today's church and I think that's yeah. what's important to to guard against well, and, uh, and call out. There's there's a difference 
between there's I'm a firm believer there's power in our words. I, I believe a good mindset uh, can determine certain things. Uh, again, you're talking about we're not sick. We're I had an aunt who lived loved the Lord, served God her whole life. She was always sick. Oh, how's your, how you feeling today? Oh, you know I'm all got this, and you know how my health is. You ever think that might have something to do with how you treat yourself and your 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 wording that you're using? I, I, maybe I'm wrong on that, but I'm a, I'm a firm believer in that. But Nick, I was going to ask him to share a quick story, conversation he had. Go, go ahead before your story, which you're talking about how the truth is being kind of like what what was your last phrase about the truth? Like truth is being pushed under the rug kind of thing. We're being condemned by the truth. Yeah, it's just being watered down to, right. to give people what they want to hear. So we're talking about this in Isaiah on Wednesday night class. Isaiah 59, and it says in verse, let's see here. I'll just read from four, I guess. Make sure I get this. Oh, my goodness. It was going to be quick. Sorry, Nick. It was going to be quick. <laughs> now it's not. Do, 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 Why are you do, looking that up? Quick, Andy, yeah, do something yeah, weird. Sorry. Just lost <laughs> it. So the danger in what this is, is that your faith is associated with things that you may not receive. And that's a, that's a danger theologically. Mm-hmm. Because if you have this deep desire for something and you associate your reception of that with your faith, that's a theological misstep. Because the the gospel is so much more than our corporal needs, yeah. So much more than what this world has to offer, and that that's one of the biggest fears that I have with this, and it misleads people and associates something oh that we should not, that we aren't guaranteed, with something that is so much bigger than just right. my health or my financial wealth, yeah. <laughs> like. I'm sorry, I lost it. You keep, oh, I was but looking essentially, it's just saying that you know today those who speak truth are are being you know silenced because the truth offends. And we've talked about this before. Jesus is God. God is love. God is truth. Jesus offended people because he spoke the truth. Mm-hmm. And so today, all these lies and all these things are going out, and they're taking over. And let's talk about you know we're in the end age. No, we're not in the end of days because we can't. We don't have no idea. We have no idea when the Lord's coming back, but things are lining up, especially today when the truth is trying to be pushed out, but it's being squashed by social media, squashed by yeah. anything. We're in the last days because, and that's why it's even more important for us to dive into the, to the Bible, which is the word of God, the only truth and live our life according to the truth. Well, we're creating it, not us in this, at this table, but our society is creating its own truth. We're creating new ways to sin, and we're creating my what truth. my truth is. Relative truth. Um, before we dive too much further down that, will you share the story you shared? You told me about. Don't 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 name names, but we'll name names. Um, this this one this one fired me up. Um, so uh, tell us names later. <laughs> you already know. No, I'm kidding. You already know the name. Um, for those of the listeners who don't know, I unfortunately um, dealing with a pretty serious neuromuscular disease. And uh, this, uh, we'll just say this person uh, said, I want to call you and pray with you at a specific time. Okay. I'm, I'm all, already lost. It's like, oh, I'm, sorry. I'm all about, I'll take prayer all day long, y'all. You guys know that. Um, again, like I just said earlier, I try my best to stay pretty upbeat even on bad days. And um, do I like the way that things are going? Absolutely not. But. I keep I, re- I keep referencing Job like, yeah, that's a tough book of the Bible to sit there and read, and that's usually what I respond to that people that say, well, there must be sin in your life. Well, Job had no sin, and he went through the ringer. Um, so this person calls me, super long prayer, like we're talking like twenty minutes. Like there's a certain point where I'm like, dude, I got stuff to do. Like I I get it. There's sometimes you get in that spirit. I was not in that spirit. <laughs> And, and at the end of it, he just keeps shouting at me, are you healed? You have to feel something different because I prayed for you. You're healed, right? And I was like, <laughs> and I finally said, I'm not going to lie to you. No, I feel exactly the same. I'm not going to lie to you to boost your ego. Like, And it kept going and going. And I finally was, I, I had to get a little cranky with him. And I was finally, oops, sorry, I said him. Uh, <laughs> it could be a day. 
It could <laughs> change tomorrow. They, them. Uh, <laughs> and I finally, I had to get cranky and be like, look, you're incorrect with this. This is not how this works. You should know that as somebody who's portraying to, 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 to preach and, and all this, that, and the other. And I finally said, you're wrong, and I'm done with this conversation. Well, didn't they even go to the fact that it's like, well, maybe you don't believe enough, or it's your faith, or it's that's that's where it was the breaking point for me was like well it's because you're not believing with your whole heart it's because you're not you don't have the faith and i was like you have no idea where my faith is i wanted to go through that phone and let him meet jesus at that particular moment in time (laughs) i'm arranging a meeting (laughs) see dude that's that's what i was getting at is if you were not a man of faith and that's what was being thrown in your face well you just don't have enough faith because if you did you would be healed that is extra biblical and it is nonsensical and it completely castrates christ like it castrates what christ came to do it took Mm. away what he actually came (laughs) and it 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 makes and every time uh, i go back to job job right now is the easiest and it goes back to the pharisees and sadducees that's what they did they put undue burden on people when they come they, they they were just coming to seek the lord but they had to go through all these different steps of pharisees like go do this go do that you don't have enough faith. You didn't do this enough. That's that's not how it works. And it so. sows confusion and yes. doubt. Yeah. And the doubt. That's the big thing. Yeah. There is no there there is no condemnation. There is no doubt with the Lord. And when you start questioning, oh, do I not have enough faith? I, first of all, you're the one that's dealing with the situation. This person presumably is very healthy, so it's very easy for him and wrong for him to say, "Well, then you don't have enough faith because I'm not in the position you are." That's that's wrong. Yeah. So those that are listening that are new to the Lord, new to this, or not even close to being there yet, but are wavering. That's not how God works. God, God wants us to be healthy. God wants us to be wealthy. He wants us to be wise. He wants us to have an abundant life. However, Adam and Eve fell sin into the world. They literally walked with God. They literally walked with God. <laughs> and they People threw that, out the door. <laughs> well, I, I, Adam woke up, says, hey, who made me? God says, me. Oh, I'm going to sin three days later. I, I'm just saying three yeah. days later. But you know what I'm getting at. So if you're wavering, God is love. God wants. However, sin is a real thing. The devil is real. And yeah. he, his only job, the word says, the devil comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. That but implies that's really all his job is to do. And he's good at it, but so my you, God's greater. He steals the truth. He steals your joy. And he, he robs you of those things. That's that's the enemy. But God. And that's what you have to rely on. Get into the word. Ask the Holy Spirit to, to reveal it. That's what revelation knowledge is. Go to Ephesians and pray that prayer. Open the eyes of my understanding. Give me revelation knowledge so I know the true calling that you have on my life. Get in the word. When we proclaim Christ, we openly invite and step on the front lines of a battle that has been waging since before time began. And that is something that I don't believe necessarily gets brought into the conversation when people say, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Yeah. Um, Just a lot to talk about and kind of sink into and think about. Uh, Before we wrap up, is there anything left on your, that's kind of been on your mind you want to, you want to talk about? The only thing that I was going to kind of tie or add on to that is that um, I think to particularly, you know, being part of, um, oh my gosh, the word is escaping me right now. I'm sorry. Pentecostals tend to be a little bit more charismatic and stuff. And I think with a lot of the televangelists or these preachers that are out there and doing that, I think it's also careful to guard ourselves against, I think you need a healthy balance of logic and emotion because I feel like some, it kind of goes to the worship songs topic as well, because, you know, when you put chords and melodies behind something, you can invoke emotion. And I think when you get a pastor that goes up there and can invoke emotion and play on emotion, they can buy more leniency with their doctrine to slip these sort of things in there. Mm -hmm. So I think it's also very important to not just get caught up. There is an emotional aspect. There are times, there are, the the holy you feel god's presence and there is an emotional aspect to it but it's also important not to just get caught up because oh this person is an emotional speaker and is up there and yelling and people are shouting amen that what they're saying is truth that you still have to balance that out and check it according to god's word yeah well again we we, even sometimes uh, love my tony evans bible i love the commentary in it 
And then there's times I won't even read it because I'm like, well, I have the Holy Spirit with me. Who's my, who's my educator. And you're talking about what Christ isn't, you know, Christ did everything for us. And if for, again, new believers, he lays out a path uh, of, he gives us the Holy Spirit to teach and comfort and to guide us. And if we struggle with something, he's going to give us aid to overcome that at his timing, not yours. Um, and it, it's just, it, it, it makes it sound simple in a nutshell, but it's, it's have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Read, pray, and worship, and he will guide you to what your next steps will be. He will guide you to give or to sow uh, in certain places. Personally, I think people should be sowing more into their local church, and if you feel led to sow elsewhere, that's between you and the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. Um, but just have the relationship. If we're not reading and praying and studying and worshiping, that's not a relationship. You're just checking the box. Checking the box. Uh, I'm sure we could go on for another hour. Oh, easy. But um, we're going to wrap it up. Um, thanks thanks for being here and having this. Again, just have a conversation. And I think we should be able to talk about anything, but we need to keep it Christ-centered and, and founded in the gospel truth. That's the whole purpose of this podcast. Sit here and have these conversations that people have every day, but don't necessarily want to have it in the open forum yeah. that we're doing right here where anybody can watch it. Hey, this is the stuff we talk about. Just like Ryan said, he literally was getting ready to say something and we're like, no, let's hurry up and record. Yeah. This is the stuff we talk about on a normal basis in, in our, in our group. Um, so you're just getting a, this is what this podcast is all about. It's just a sneak peek into our normal conversations that a lot of people would say, Ooh, that's something you probably shouldn't talk about in public. Well, no, it needs to be said. That's the problem with today's society is everybody's afraid to say anything anymore. Cause you're going to get yelled at by Andy, not us. <laughs> we say I was going to say, never mind. I know. <laughs> no. Yeah. He just whispered hey, left we, wing. Almost didn't Left go political wing. in this. Almost. I just, I just, didn't. I know. Anyways, right. if you would like to uh, learn the more truth about, is not in them. No, people. no. Okay. <laughs> if you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit our website at mkdotalk.com. That's uh, got links to all of our platforms that we are on there, social media, all those type of things. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can shoot us an email at mkdotalk okay. at gmail.com. Okay. Okay. And leave a comment on if you watch the video and you have yeah. a question or, or, or something you want to share. Leave a comment in there and then we can... Positive comments only. <laughs> <laughs> No, we'll take them all because I know this yeah. episode. Some people's going to be like, "Ooh, that's my favorite preacher in the whole wide world." That's it's a personal thing. Uh, I, I, yeah. I I loved how you never even asked me uh, who's your <laughs> who's your favorite TV evangelist. He well, knows I don't like any of them. <laughs> well, I, I'd rather watch Luke. Honestly, I have a good friend that's a preacher. I watch his stuff. Yeah, I go back and watch our stuff from our. I, I just don't care. That's just me. Yeah, personally, the main I don't thing care is, are they preaching the word of God? Are yep. they speaking against Jesus Christ? In are they saying that? Who who do they say Jesus is? That's the question. Yeah. That's and it. that's that's the question. And then you have to be led by the Spirit. What you do with that ministry, how much you listen to it, what you believe. If there's any questions, fact check. Because I had like an Andy moment with I'll say it, Joe Olstein years ago. He did an interview with Oprah, and it was the one once I heard that I was like, "You're an idiot," and I. Uh, I I quit listening to him. She asked him, well, well, what ways are there to God? He's like, there's many ways to get into heaven and reach God. And I went back to stabbing a camel in the eye with a needle. Do we have a second for me to... I I almost read this earlier, but just on that, because Joel Osteen has such a good character. Like, like he comes off as a very likable guy and positive. He seems like a nice guy. So when I was doing the study for this and reading text commentary on 2 Peter, David Guzik says, even a person who has what appears to be a godly walk in relationship with Christ can still bring in destructive heresies. Oftentimes, good men who teach lies do the worst damage. Their lies are accepted far more easily because of the good character of these men. So I think it's just, it's just, Mm. to me, a further point of... You know, don't don't trust in the in, yeah. Trust but verify. Do your own research. Study your own Bible. Don't rely on everybody else in the world to teach you. As teach, all, as teach all ties into, into Matthew yeah. twenty five. Jesus is talking about this now. Mm-hmm. Just got done with all the woes to the Pharisees. You're hypocrites because that's what they were doing. 
they were coming in the guise of of godly men wearing their long tassels and uh, phylacteries or whatever that they were just making it look like they were all high and mighty but they were actually they were actually converting them and making them more fit for hell so but. and what did christ say he said do as they say don't do as they do right because the word the truth is still the truth the law was the law and the word is the word uh, all right we're gonna wrap this yeah we got rabbit, to before rabbit. we start laying hands we're, on there we're gonna we're gonna wrap this okay quick recap mkdutalk.com okay. mkdutalk at gmail.com okay. leave comments below <laughs> that's where we got derailed yeah that's disclaimers <laughs> yeah you gotta throw them on there like people's gotta know how to see us so. like comment subscribe <laughs> So, thank you for being with us today. This has been Mountaineer Kingdom Dude Talk. Real men, manly talk. You didn't say everybody's names. We're, we're way over today. <laughs> Let's do 45 minutes one hour later. just saying I, I warned him about this yesterday because we must have talked on the phone I think for an hour and 58 minutes and I said